0: Hello Swamp Fox and welcome back to Fox Chatter Episode 3 for December 2023 drill. Glad to be back here talking with all of you. As always, I appreciate the opportunity to share the news and the happenings of what's going on in the 169th Fighter Wing. This podcast is gonna be a little bit different as we try to make it uh, better. Got a couple of guest speakers as we go through the episode. I've gotten feedback from a few of you uh, on the side. If you think that there are things we can do to make this uh, more interesting, pass it on directly to me, talk to PA, talk to Casey about what we can do to make it better because um, we wanna make it better and more interesting. Right now, uh, we're at about 400 people per month that have been listening to it. And while we have a wing of 1,300, I'd love to have 1,300 people listen to it. 400 is a pretty good start. Uh, But we want to keep getting better at that. So please help me out with that. As I normally do, I'm going to start off with what I think are the most important things and then kind of work through everything else going on from there. And so the first thing is something that I would say is uh, very serious. I, I wrestled a bunch about how much to talk about it. But what I really want to do is just is is cover something at the appropriate level that happened in the wing last month. I know there are a lot of rumors running around. And the way I feel about it is we need to talk about these things and acknowledge that they happen while at the same time protecting the individuals involved in it and their, and their privacy. So I'm going to try to thread that needle right now. And, and what I want everyone to know is it was what we viewed as a safety of the community issue and what i want to stress is that your security forces are phenomenal they did a great job right now with colonel barber gone chief bryant is is running that operation and he and the senior enlisted all the way down to every airman did a great job of ensuring the safety of, of this base at the same time they communicated with uh, outside authorities and then people that you don't hear about a lot are are JAG uh, our lawyers were phenomenal over the last month in terms of preserving the safety of the community. Now we get on to the next phase of, of what came with the situation, which is military accountability and uh, due process. And so we're working our way through that, and while we were very aggressive about protecting the community, we are very deliberate about the due process, just like you would appreciate for yourselves or any of your So, and so that, that was the most serious thing going on. And I think that's how, that is the level that I, I think everyone needs to understand. People that were more intimately involved have been talked to one-on-one. And if there's anyone who feels like you were more intimately involved or need to know more, please push that up the chain. You can come by my office. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. So that was the most important thing and the biggest thing going on in the wing. The next thing that's probably on people's minds is usually... How do world events affect us? What do we have going on in the world? How does it affect our 130-ish people that are deployed? And I will tell you from last month, we were getting words that they were uh, diving into bunkers a lot, they were in a dangerous situation. And, and while I would not say they're out of the woods, I have less reports of that. And so I feel like hopefully that situation is, is stabilizing. Uh, another question that I've received is what about us? are there any chances of of us going over there and i would say the same answer as i said last month which is no given the situation right now no but the situation in the middle east it is not stable and certainly the the rumblings that come down from from the highest level of government and the guard bureau leadership to us are not that there is anything imminent but in terms of what we viewed as a pivot away from the middle east what you can anticipate is you know that that pivot is is probably paused. That doesn't mean necessarily that we're going back there again, but it means that the likelihood of it is certainly increased, which then says like, well, Vito, where are we going? What What is the aviation package going to do two years from now? Uh, and that answer is we don't know and we have limited input to control. Uh, what I would like everyone to know is there are six-month bins. So I'd like to get us married back up with our sister unit Duluth, our seed sister unit, Seed Suppression of Enemy Air Defenses, which is the primary mission of the 169th Fighter Wing and the 157th Fighter Squadron. We want to be in that tasking bin again because that is what we train for. That is how we should be utilized and when. Uh, the DOD decides they need someone to fill a seed tasking. We want them to think of us. And so we're going to look to get back into that bin. I have limited control over that, but that is a strategic item that's important to me. Uh, where that ends up, that tasking ends up being, what part of the world, uh, no idea. But that's what we're going to strive to do. And so obviously more to follow over the next year or so. Within our own wing, we continue focusing on Typhoon Fox, which is our ability to be prepared for a conflict in Indo-PACOM, the team of... Uh, Typhoon Fox continues to build out a plan, and, and and that plan continues to get a little bit more defined nature to it. And so right now, what we're looking at is individual training on tasks between now and March. And then over the March super drill, we're going to look to uh, crawl slash walk into an ACE level exercise. We're going to look to increase that to a jog slash run in May when we go to Century Savannah and integrate with other units in terms of execution uh, on the ground and in the air for an ace type of situation. And then we are looking at late July, early August, another ACE opportunity to hopefully somewhere that is enjoyable to go to for everyone as well. And I don't want to get too far out over my skis here, but we're we're taking a look at what we can do to get a a good ACE tasking that's also a good deal. And then finally, we're looking at our midpoint inspection somewhere in the September-October timeline, and we're looking for that maybe more of a generation exercise, maybe something similar to the palmetto pressure that we So that over the course of a year, we will have done both generate, sustain, execute all of those phases and exercise those from an Indopaycom slash ACE perspective. And you'll probably hear me talk about that every podcast because I want to remind everyone that's our reason that we exist. That's why we're training. We are preparing to deploy. So that continues to be our, our large focus. Uh, Other news around base, one of the things that you will inevitably see is that the old LGX building and part of the parking lot around that, where the motorcycle training used to take place, is now completely fenced off. And it's completely fenced off because at long last, we have broken ground on the construction for our MTC, which is uh, an acronym and a bunch of words that basically means our new sim building. That fencing will likely be in place in that construction for the next year to year and a half. That fencing is covered because it's a classified facility and, and there are requirements to ensure that there aren't pictures taken of that uh, while it's under construction. That sim facility is gonna be incredibly critical as we talk to our switch to Indopaycom, our ability to train. And so we are very excited to get that sim building going. The fact that we have broken ground with it is incredibly exciting and will enhance our capabilities significantly moving forward. In terms of how does this affect your day-to-day life, well, there's going to be some traffic issues that are around there, and it's a little bit difficult to drive around there. Right now, we're looking at a number of traffic options that can make that, hopefully get that road back open again and or make it safe again. So just keep an eye out. There could be stop signs that there didn't used to be there before. Keep an eye out for, for traffic around there and people um, making turns where maybe they don't anticipate uh, traffic. Other things that you're going to see in that same area uh, over the next couple months are going to be several trailers for our firefighters. While we have been unsuccessful at getting the fire station completed, as you'll note by it looking exactly the same, we have made some progress in terms of getting that contract going again, but it's going to take a while. And in the meantime, I just want to thank... uh, Colonel Hummel and his team for successfully applying and receiving a grant from the South Carolina Department of Veterans Affairs Military Base Task Force. That was a lot of words. They gave us a $500,000 grant to lease several trailers for our firefighters to live in. So Really excited to be able to give them better living conditions for the next couple of years because honestly, it's probably going to take a couple of years to get the fire station completed and happy to get them out of the buildings they're currently living in and something better. So hopefully you'll see a couple of trailers popping up and now you'll know what they're for when you see them pop up. Other big things on base, the 245th Air Traffic Control Squadron is working some strategic initiatives right now to upgrade their Both their mission, how they would be used in an Indo PACOM construct, and the equipment that goes with it. And so, that has not been finalized but i like to talk about that because i want people to know like behind the scenes we're constantly working to keep our units on the leading edge and modernized and the 245th has been doing the same thing and there will be a lot of changes if this occurs that go with it but i want to reassure people there will be no jobs lost for individuals here in the base Uh, there might be some retraining required as we get into it but there's still a lot to be determined this is honestly me just dealing with the rumor mill of if you hear it It is being managed, it is being talked about, and we're trying to do the best thing uh, for the future of that organization. Things near and dear to all of us, uh, the team here in the wing building has been working on pay issues. Major Thompson and his team have been doing a great job at lowering the number of CMS cases. We did a review last month, and the number of actual cases that deal with missing pay are at a very manageable level now from where they were a year ago. On top of that, uh, I've been able to work through and find a good POC that seems to be effective at resolving some of those cases that are open for a long time. So I am cautiously optimistic that we have turned a corner. Uh, Watch me regret that a month or two from now, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we're turning a corner there. If we are missing cases of open pay, that things that you are missing, I'm going to be insistent on this. You've got to squawk about it and you've got to push that up the chain because that's incredibly uh, important to me. The other thing that's important to me and that I heard uh, last month was when General Hokinson was here, he talked about uh, an overhaul to the entire technician program which would be phenomenal. We all know technician program is, does not compensate at the level it needs to compensate. And it was great to hear our four-star general say he recognizes it and is trying to fix it. That being said, he admitted it might not happen during his tenure. So he's putting things in place that for his you know, his follow-on will hopefully be able to carry the ball forward on that. What affected me was that it mattered enough to him that it was a priority for him, and that in his conversation with us, it came up really meant like, this is important. So uh, right now we're trying to nickel and dime our way around that with bonuses, with upping the amount of responsibility so we can get a higher wage level for people by managing who's a technician. Uh, But that's honestly, it's nickel and diming it and what we need is an overall. So that was really encouraging to hear that. And so that's a lot of the big issues on base. Near to all of us is it's December drill, which means it's time for holiday parties and Winterfest. So Winterfest on Saturday, 12 to 3. Please bring your family out, putting some good effort into making that a a very enjoyable time. What is December about? You know, I, I spent the first however many minutes of this podcast talking about mission, but honestly, let's talk about what December is, and December is a time to start toning it down. And so for me, for my priorities, I tell myself no new initiatives. We just maintain what we have, and we keep the, the progress that we have going for a while. We have safety of flying assured, and we try to maintain the level that that we're at, but we're willing to take a step back. And so I want all of you to do that. Kind of exhale, enjoy Winterfest, enjoy the holiday parties, enjoy being with your, your McIntyre family. So, as promised up front, we have a couple of guest speakers today. So we have Senior Master Sergeant Kenny Monroe and then Senior Master Sergeant Casey Watson. We're going to do a little Q&A on a couple of topics. Senior Master Sergeant Kenny Monroe is here to talk about the uh, college assistant program and recruiting and retention, really important thing. So uh, Kenny, can you talk a little bit about how we
1: can get some more people benefits that they have earned? Sure. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, The College Assistance Program, or better known as CAP, is funding that the state affords National Guard members, both Army and AIR, to use toward their Bachelor or Master's degree programs. Uh, Currently, it's up to $22,000 over a four-year period that a service member can use toward their degree program. If they're in an associate's degree program, they could use up to $11,000 a year, still capping out of the $22,000 max. If it's a four-year degree program, then it's $5,500 per year, capping out a $22,000 max. Is there any commitment that comes with that? Do they owe anything back, or is that money just sitting there waiting for anyone in the Guard just to use it? The money's sitting there waiting. Um, A member has to go through basic training and graduate successfully, and then go to their technical training. But if a member has more than a four-month break between basic training and tech school, we can do an exception to policy and allow that member to use cap funding between the two. And then once they return from tech school, then they can continue to use cap funding for yeah, their degree.
0: But there's no additional commitment that comes with it. This is, if you're in the guard, you can use this money with no additional commitment. That is correct. And how difficult is the application process? The
1: application process is very simple. You can visit several different ways to get there. You can go through our website and go down to education resources college assistance program and there's a QR code that someone can scan take you directly to the application page with the Commission higher education or you can use our app hit the swamp Fox there and we're going to put the QR code there to where you can use it there as well
0: awesome how long would you estimate it takes to fill out the application Two minutes. Okay, so what you're telling me, Kenny, is that for two minutes, someone can get $5,500 immediately if they're going to college and that that this is repeatable for four years. Yes, sir. I think people should really do this. And I think we're making this, you're making this incredibly easy. And um, I highly encourage everyone to
1: take advantage of this. And there is plenty of money available, correct? There's plenty of money available right now. There's $12.5 million sitting in a pot waiting to be used. We get $6.2 million every year. So the money is there. Amazing. So please take
0: advantage of, uh, of this benefit. It's an amazing thing. Kenny and his team are making
1: it really easy to use. Please don't let this, uh, this pass by. And I do want to mention our open enrollment period for spring semester. That's something new that we've started this year. Open enrollment begins November 20th through 15 December. And anyone wanting to attend spring or summer classes Go and enroll and get your money. Got it. Bottom line, you've got a couple more weeks from the time you hear this podcast
0: to do it. It'll take you two minutes and you get free money. Awesome. One of the other huge things throughout the National Guard, and I'll tell you, I hear this every time. I heard it from General Hokinson in November, is our bottom line numbers for recruiting. We are in an incredibly strong position right now with 102% manning. That is we should not feel overconfident in that. We need to keep those numbers up. And Kenny and his recruiting team do a phenomenal job, but it's not just them. It takes everyone. If we want to stay at 102%, if we want to achieve our strategic objectives, if we want to get additional resources, four-star generals are saying we need to be at 100%. So, Kenny, what do you need from everyone in this gang to help us keep our recruiting numbers up?
1: The biggest thing we need from our folks here are those unit referrals you know, we've only had five recruiters. We can only cover so much territory. Our folks here live across the state. So we're all recruiters, right? And that's the wear program. So we're not asking anyone to qualify someone, but if, if some of our members have a qualified lead that they feel like would be a good candidate and a good foot for the air national guard, visit our website or go to the app, get in touch with a recruiter. It's very simple and let's start that process to see if we can bring them on board is there a link on our app for that as well there is a link on our app Um, it's the swamp fox head all the recruiters information is there you just tap on the recruiters information it takes you to their qr code their email address their phone number there's no reason why someone in this unit can say i can't get in touch with a recruiter and how solid of a lead does it need to be? Do you want someone like is ready to sign up or just someone who might be interested? We need the leads who might be interested. Exactly. Our recruiters will take care of that part. Yes. We will qualify them. Yep. We just need the leads and and we appreciate every referral that comes in. Awesome. Uh,
0: that is incredibly critical to our strategic objectives staying at 100%. So please, if you know anyone who's just interested in the Guard, click on the Foxhead, get that information, put in that referral. Yes, sir. Anything else, Kenny? I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. for the next segment, Senior Master Sergeant Casey Watson, she is going to represent the questions that come in through our comment box. And so, Casey, what do we have this month?
2: So this month we received another inquiry about the back gate. I know Security Forces has worked it into their schedule so they can open it up in the afternoons, but that's not necessarily accommodating to everyone's schedule on the 410s. So basically, they're wanting an update on when the back gate will be opened regularly.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm disappointed in it, too. Uh, it is, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, hopefully it will be open. So we anticipated early November. Most of the work was done in early November, but a couple of the parts were still pending. They are supposed to be due in now, pushed back to mid-November, but I I guess what I want everyone to know is while there are things beyond our control, we are not sitting idly by the Civil Engineering Squadron is constantly asking and getting updates on it, and so hopefully by the time you hear this, that gate is open, and if not, uh, I will stay on it like a bulldog.
2: And then the other message we received was regarding the hotel situation for drill status guardsmen when they travel in for drill weekends. I don't think it's a secret that the hotels used for their lodging aren't necessarily in the safest area. There's common issues with vehicle break-ins and cleanliness of the hotels. So they wanna know what the wing can do to help make that situation better.
0: I actually really appreciate that question. Um, I'm gonna date myself. I stayed at the La Quinta. When I first came here, TDY, as an active duty pilot in 2008, and even then I had a a note was left on my car by the Richland County Sheriff's of like, hey, you probably shouldn't leave anything in your car and we can see some things on your front seat. And so this was 2008. So I understand that things have gotten worse since then. And this is this is important to me. Um, and I will say, it's the FSS uh, realizes it. And in my immersion brief, they actually talked about it. And they said, hey, sir, realize this is a problem. We're working through it. Security Forces is trying to manage the situation. Richland County is trying to help us with the situation. But this is a challenge. Uh, and this was back in July. They briefed me on it. And so what I asked them to do is keep me informed. Let me know how it goes. Uh, and I will just be honest, over the last three or four months. I've I've lost track of it and so when that comment came in I really appreciated it especially I will tell you there's different levels of comments right there are some that are like this sucks and then there was this comment that came in which was incredibly well written and detailed and it really hit me I was like oh man we got to do better than this we can do better than this so we're going to if it was an easy solution it would have already been fixed we don't get money for dsgs to stay in hotels so it all comes out of the wing funds that can be used for everything that are used to operate the base so we have a budget and we're going to have to take a look at that and so what i've asked fss to do is uh specifically the la quinta and the comfort Inn to to move us away from those uh, which is going to be a challenge because they have a lot of rooms available but there's probably a reason that they have a lot of rooms available, right? So we're, we're looking to move away from that. But what I want is something clean and something safe. And so they're they're looking at things that will probably be a further drive. But I'm willing to accept that. It might be more money. We'll take a look at what we can afford. They're looking at all options right now to include further away, to include Sumter instead, to include military bases and I've asked them to move us out of the La Quinta and the Comfort Inn as soon as possible. My understanding is the other hotels on Garner's Ferry are better and safer, but maybe not 100%. So look into how we can making those parking lots up to uh, near 100%. And so we're moving forward aggressively on that. This December drill is gonna be too late to fix it, but I would like to see progress on that immediately in the new year. Anything else?
2: that's it for the comments we've gotten since last month. So thank you for taking the time to provide a little more insight to those issues.
0: Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in again. Please have a great December drill. Enjoy Winterfest, enjoy your holiday parties, and enjoy your family. I will talk to you all in January. Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Happy New Year.